calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspective. We are nailing it. I know. Absolutely crushing it. We're nailing it. Every week. Every week, every time. It's getting better and better. We hope. We pray. (laughs) (laughs) So, Keegan, how are you doing? You were just chatting with me a little bit about, you know, this week with your new job and everything. But in general, how are you doing? You know what? I'm doing pretty well. Good. It's a weird thing. I think like we talk about every week. Are you in the acceptance phase? I think so. I think that that's where I'm at, where I'm not even super itchy to go out like I have been. Uh, I've just kind of accepted that my life is inside now and this is life now. And it's been fine. Uh, I've had an okay week. The way you just said that made me think of an animal in a zoo. Like, I feel like they would be really aggressive at first and be like, I want to get out. I want to get out. And then after a while, they'd be like, I mean, I guess this is life now. I guess this is fine. But I guess this is livable. Yeah. (laughs) Have you seen I talked about it on um, my worst date. But have you seen the new thing where it was like the dog sitting in the room that's on fire? And it was like, this is fine. That meme. Yeah. And now it's just like the dog sitting in the room, the dog sitting in the room, like over and over and over again. And at the end, it just says, this is fine. And that's how I feel where it's just like, yeah, you know, I'm excited for things to get back to normal. But I'm also kind of like, this is fine. (laughs) For me, the most meaningful thing that I saw on the internet this week was that we're all going to need a two weeks notice before we go back to normal. And by normal, it's like, you know, they said things I don't agree with, like lose 10 pounds, but um, also things like get a haircut, stop drinking at 9 a.m., like all these things. And learn how to communicate with other human beings in a real normal way. Yeah. Learning how to like physically interact with other human beings. It's very bizarre because like, so my friend Lauren just stopped by and I hadn't seen her in, I mean, I think it had probably been months even before this happened. And I love her so much. And all I wanted to do was like give her a big hug. And it was so hard not to do it. And yeah. it's like, but then I feel like when this is over and we get to see people, it's going to be so weird to be near humans because we're going to feel like it's wrong. Right? 
Yeah, and I, I honestly feel like it's going to take a while for us to start interacting oh, in a is. normal way. Like, because you know me, I was all about like going out and karaokeing and doing stuff like that. And now my anxiety around sharing a microphone with a hundred other strangers is like so high yeah. that I can't foresee myself doing that now. It, it's just, it's so weird. It's going to take us so long to get back to a place where we're just interacting the way that we always have. And I'm a hugger. Yeah. I'm a very like tactile person. So uh, <laughs> this will be fun <laughs> to figure yeah, out the new normal. Yeah. I mean, we've said this on the show too before, but you know, when we're watching movies or anything and there are big crowds, it's such like a weird jarring thing. And it's only been so long. I don't know if I, if like we're crazy and everyone listening is like, geez like get a grip but like I see it I'm like this seems wrong like you should be six feet apart (laughs) I think that everyone is experiencing that even though it hasn't been that long this has been our new normal and also it's been driven into us so hard that like for me I used to go to Disneyland like for a while there I was going to Disneyland like once a month and now I look back and I'm like the idea of being around that many strangers in such close proximity is weird you know it's weird but I'm doing well as far as like I don't have a lot of anxiety or depression at this moment Um, so I'm taking that as a win yes I have to say I am very thankful for um, other healthcare providers such as my psychiatrist who is doing sessions over um, kind of an online app it's like a medical app you can prescribe things through it and all that kind of stuff the internet connection was horrible but I'm so appreciative that you know it was a 10 minute conversation where I was able to express how I felt and how you know maybe we need to change my medication and and she did and she goes yeah let's change it for now let's see how you do and check back in with me in a month if you want to lower it down great if you don't that's fine too you know it just made me really happy that like other doctors were still looking after my mental health too. You know, that made yeah. me that made me feel really good. So I'm starting to feel much better. It takes a little bit of time for all of that to kick in. But I, I feel like I'm starting to get to that phase as well, Keegan, where I'm just kind of like finding the little ways to bring some sort of like normalcy to my life, such as seeing my friend today or like, you know, stopping at the liquor store on the way home if I, you know, really need to instead of like, you know, I don't know. It's little things like that that like make your day a little bit right now. No, you're right. Like the only time I've gotten out of the house this week is I wanted to go get pizza at this pizza place, this little pizza place kind of a couple blocks from my house. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was like, I don't want to cook dinner. I just want to go get Santino's. So like, let's go do that. So we walked up there and we went across the street to the liquor store, got some bottles of wine, went to the pizza place, got the pizza and walked home. And, you know, that felt good to me. I was like, oh, that brings a little bit of like change in my day. Yeah. You know, and it's finding new rhythms as well. Yeah. Like I, I can't remember the number of times I've talked about gardening on this show. But yeah, like just going like I have a new habit. I wake up in the morning. I take a shower. I go out. I check on all the, the plants. I come I back that. in. I start work, you know. So yeah. 
it's it's that as well as like develop a new rhythm for yourself that feels good and comfortable. Yeah. And I like that I've discovered the tiny liquor store near me that also has lots of snacks and also has toilet paper, paper towels, ice. It has everything. Yeah. So, there's a really good like hack, like life hack for people is like yeah. go find a bodega, go find like a smaller store and likely they'll have a cap on what you can get but if you're in a pinch and you're like I really need toilet paper you know you can find something that you can use there you know yeah or even just like like for me I went and then I saw a few other things that I was like oh that sounds like something that we could have later as a snack I grab some chips or you know things like that it's just nice that I have like I can still go and get the things that I need I did have to go to Target unfortunately to pick up my prescription which sucked um, it was interesting because like the line was super long. Like I went to the one um in Empire Keegan and okay. it was like almost to the Marshalls. <laughs> that's not surprising to me. That one is always crazy. Yeah, and but that's where my pharmacy still is because I used to live like a few minutes away from there. So um I went and I was like, fuck, this line is so long. And it was like every few minutes I would move up like fifteen feet. And I was like, this is weird. Because I wasn't, I felt like I wasn't seeing a lot of people coming out. So I don't know how they're regulating, but they would let in like groups of people at a time and they would have, it It wasn't packed. Like it was totally fine. We were, there was plenty of room to be separate. Although people are getting lazy. That's the biggest thing I want to talk about today. People are getting so lazy with their face coverings, with their gloves, with uh, their closeness to people. And it's pissing me off. Yeah, I think the fear is subsiding and it shouldn't be. And people are getting very, very comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm seeing is like, yes, you know, there are so many plus sides to this being. Uh, there are so many plus sides to our mental health for this being our new normal, right? Because we're learning to adjust in healthy uh-huh. ways. But what that also means is because this is our new normal, people are becoming complacent. Uh, in a lot of ways. And I think that I, that that's what's happening is they're yeah. too comfortable now. They're not scared anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was annoying because like I was I was checking out and there are signs everywhere like you have to follow a certain path to get to the checkout. And then it says, wait here for the next register. Like they call you over. So it's one at a time within checking out four items. Two people tried to get in my lane. What the last girl just put her stuff down. And the girl working was just like, okay. Like she wasn't, I'm sure she's been yelling at people all day and she was just Yeah, bad. Yeah, I for sure. I would not want to be a cashier at this time. It no. would be so fucking exhausting. But yeah, I mean, you are seeing a lot more of that. And I think we are going to continue to see a lot more of that because there was such an initial fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because a lot of people have not been directly affected by this, that mm-hmm. that fear has kind of subsided somewhat. And it shouldn't. We should continue to be vigilant. Vigilant? <laughs> um, but we should continue to um, pay attention to these things because the yeah. reason why we haven't been directly affected, a lot of people um, – I have been somewhat directly affected. Mm-hmm. But the reason why a lot of people have not been directly affected is because of the strict social distancing measures that have been put into place. Exactly. It means that it's working. That's why you haven't been affected by this. Right. And it's it's interesting, um, you know, how different states are handling everything and how different governors are 
are responding to the people. Um, my mom let me know that Idaho is going to start reopening tomorrow, May 1st, and they are starting with churches and retailers. So, I mean, here's the thing. At some point, things are going to have to start opening. So there is a certain amount of like, okay, I understand that. But what I would need to see is like, what are you putting into place that maintains safety measures? Like if you're going to start opening retailers, I understand that. But are there going to be social distancing measures still in place? Because there should be. Are there going to be limits on the number of people who can enter the store? Because there should be. Yes. You know. Well, yeah. And and that's the thing is that, you know, my mom's boss had wanted to open up the store again. And my mom is, you know, over the age of 65. So she said, you know, I can't come back in. And that was totally fine. So, you know. I'm glad all of that's taken care of. But, you know, my mom was just really frustrated by Idaho reopening at all. She was just really, really frustrated. And I I just kind of had to explain to her. And it's something that I've had to kind of accept is that the governors right now are making decisions democratically, really. They're listening to the people. And that doesn't mean it's correct. But I'm like, you have a very Republican governor who's probably just giving into the peer pressure of what's going on. And that doesn't mean you have to go out or you have to change anything, but maybe he's just being weak and following the herd. I don't know. I think that there's probably a couple of things at play here and it's going to go right into the first story that I wanted to talk about today. Awesome. Actually. Um, But I think that there's a few things. I think that that might partially be the case there is a lot of pressure these are elected officials and there is a lot of pressure from their constituents to do certain things right um there's also pressure from businesses uh to do certain things as well so uh, For instance donald trump recently on tuesday of this week he signed an executive order using the defense production act to compel American meat processing plants to remain open um, or in some cases to reopen because a lot of these plants have closed uh, somewhat soon during the next phase of the coronavirus uh, pandemic. And the order comes in response to concerns about the nation's food supply chain um, because a bunch of these facilities have closed due to outbreaks of the virus among workers. So mm-hmm. in these factories, these people are in these food plants, meat packing plants. These people are very close together. There are no real social distancing guidelines in place. It's just not uh-huh. the way that it's set up. It's a big open area. Um, so what happened was a lot of these workers started getting sick and they mm-hmm. also weren't being supplied with proper PPE um, like masks and things like that. Right. So a lot, there were a large number of cases, thousands of cases of COVID in these factories. And so those people were out. And then, of course, because they had a lot of coworkers who were working in close proximity, those coworkers decided to self-isolate. So there were thousands of people who were sick and then thousands of people who were self-isolating in case that they had come down with the illness. Right. So... um. Trump has basically signed an executive order that set that is demanding that these companies reopen so that we can get our beef and pork supply uh, as a people. 
And unions, yes, I know. Sorry, just the way um, you're like, as a people. As a, as a people, we need beef and pork. And just listen, the way you said it was just like, or so I've heard. It, it's just strange to me. I, as someone, I'm not like, as much as I do want to start moving towards less meat consumption in my life, right. I'm not a vegetarian, but I will always put the lives of human beings over my ability to get a snacky snack. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so I can live without a burger for a bit, you guys. We're going right? to be fine. Exactly. We I can remember all... my, my biggest concern when I thought the war was going to happen, well, when it did happen after 9-11, my biggest concern was that there was going to be a sugar shortage because there was during World War II. And you were like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <Poured> all the <this laughs> sugar. I was like, where's my candy going to go? <laughs> okay. So... Uh, here's what's happening with these meat processing plants and going back to work and kind of speaking to what you were talking about, Matt, again. So Mm -hmm. returning to work puts many workers in the meat processing industry in a really difficult situation because they need their jobs and their paychecks that come with them. So they don't want the plants to sit idle unnecessarily, but they also don't want to lose their health and safety um, by going into work and potentially getting sick. Mm -hmm. So uh, it becomes really difficult because uh, for this reason. So employees who don't return for health concerns because they're afraid that they might get sick, Mm -hmm. um, they would not only lose their jobs, but they would lose their right to unemployment benefits that are currently being provided. So in Georgia, um, there are a lot of meatpacking industries in Georgia as well as in Iowa and Texas, and they're all kind of following the same guidelines. So the governor of Iowa, Kim Reynolds, she said, I think it's a she, she said, if you're an employer and you offer to bring your employee back to work and they decide not to, that's a voluntary quit. Therefore, they would not be eligible for unemployment (gasps) money. What? Right. So they're making them decide. They're forcing these plants to reopen. And then they're making them decide, do you want to lose your job and also not be eligible for unemployment? Or do you want to risk your health by returning to work? That's yeah, do the you option wanna, that they're giving them. Do you want to live or do you want to work? Right. Is essentially so, what they're saying. In a lot of ways, it's forcing... So people have been looking at this as though a lot of the governors are trying to do the right thing. And I think a lot of governors are. But I do think that there is a certain aspect and a certain number of governors in this country who are wanting to reopen and acquiescing to all the people who are saying reopen, reopen, reopen. Right. So that they can avoid having to play, having to pay as much in unemployment. Because they know that there's a certain number of people who will not go back to work. And then that would consider be considered a voluntary quit. Right. Uh, And so they're going to start doing that in other businesses that will begin to reopen, like retail stores, restaurants, movie theaters, malls, etc. And I saw a couple of good tweets about this. Um, So one by That's Not Right Politics said, make no mistake, states are lifting stay-at-home orders now so they can stop paying unemployment and business interruption insurance. COVID-19 has killed 60,000 Americans in one month. Even with aggressive social distancing, prepare for major needless loss of life because they're going to open these things. People are going to feel compelled to go back to work and then they will get sick. And then I saw another one and I wish I knew who said this, but I thought that this was an interesting point of view as well. Um, 
I think Kemp is maybe Georgia, the governor of Georgia. I'm not totally sure. But it's but it says it's not a stupid move on Kemp's part on Kemp's part. On the contrary, it's very calculated. Here's the deal. Kemp mandates restaurants reopen, whether I reopen dining rooms or not. I file for business interruption insurance. It does not go through since I'm, quote, allowed to operate at full capacity. My landlord can demand all their money since I am allowed to fully operate. Furloughed staff that is collecting unemployment insurance have to come back to work or I have to let them go. Their unemployment insurance then goes on my tab. If things blow up again, they are still on my tab, not the states since they are no longer employed. Guys, this is about screwing the working class and small business, not about helping us. And that's how I feel as well. All of these blue collar workers who are doing these anti-lockdown protests, who are saying, you know, give me freedom or give me death, let me go back to work. They don't understand that it's actually the ruling class is behind these things, which is what I was Uh telling you last week. When you have people like Coke Industries who are billionaires funding these anti-lockdown protests, you have to know that it is in the best interest of these corporations that these these lockdowns end. It is not in the best interest of the working people or in people who own small businesses. So it's just something to keep in mind. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing that everybody's saying is that we want our economy back. Um, and it's, I mean, it's frustrating cause I, I even had a zoom call with a lot of my family from back home and I have family that feels that way and are very vocal about that. And it was really frustrating for me because it made me concerned for their health. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, I feel like everybody is aware that we want to get our economy back up. Of course, but I feel like struggling, right? But I feel like what you just said is something that's not talked about enough, right? And and again, I I don't ever want to come across as though I am uncaring or unempathetic or unsympathetic because I understand the fear that a lot of everyday Americans are living with or people around the world. Because I realize that our what's in the news episode has become very U.S. centric since the the coronavirus. I know. Sorry. but but I understand that fear. It's like you've worked your whole life to build this thing up. I, I have seen, Anthony has seen our 401ks um, go down because they're tied to the stock market. Like that shit is scary. It's like mm-hmm. everything you've worked for and all you want to do is get back to work so that you can provide for your family because it's right. a very scary time. But also realize that these people are not trying to get you back to work because they care about you. That's not what they're doing. Like they're doing it because it's in their best interest for them to hold on to their millions of dollars. That's Mm -hmm. what they're doing. Um, They don't care if your family suffers, okay? Um, And honestly, we are going to see a spike in cases as soon as shit starts reopening because to a lot of people, and especially to a lot of people on the right specifically, Mm -hmm. um, loss of human life is worth it if it means that they can hold on to their profits right. so just just you know just keep it in mind you know the thing that made me really mad this week was the next thing that I wanted to talk about and that is our vice president Mike Pence oh honey I have these notes too <laughs> that was the other thing I had oh in my notes. <laughs> I have no I have no notes I just have my rage is that cool yes always come with your okay rage. I feel sweet. good about it 
Awesome. Yeah, I well, I've seen it on Instagram briefly. I was telling Keegan, I really like I've been very disconnected from the news. So this episode was challenging for me. I've been really busy at work with suddenly being a second grade teacher. Um, this week was a bit more challenging. So I haven't had as much time. But luckily, I get a good 15 minutes of news in the morning. So I saw this and I saw him going into the Mayo Clinic. And I saw that when he was asked why he didn't wear a mask or any facial covering. He said, well, me and all my friends are tested every day for the coronavirus and we're all clean. So I can just, just walk around and breathe everywhere. <laughs> a couple of things. One, incredibly privileged for you to say. I mean, Los Angeles just opened it up uh, for free testing for all citizens. So um, Anthony is actually going on Saturday. I was not able to get a slot on Saturday because they went so quickly. But so that is a thing that is starting to be implemented. It looks like, uh, you know, in certain places across the country. But up until this point, people, even people who have symptoms have not been able to get tested. So it's like, okay, good for you that you've been able to get tested regularly. Um, And then secondly, that's not how this works. So for people who maybe are not American or maybe uh, just didn't see this in the news because they're taking care of their mental health and not logging into the news every day, I applaud you. Um, So for people who may not know, Mike Pence, who is like the head of this coronavirus tax that task force, who I will admit, actually, up until this point, was doing a better job than I anticipated him doing. (laughs) But again, my expectations were very low. He went to visit doctors and nurses and COVID patients at the Mayo Clinic, and it was advised to him that he wear a mask. It was not even just advised. It it was said that it is what is the word I'm looking for? You must wear a mask inside this building. It's Mandated. like that. Every, it's yes, it's everywhere in LA. Anywhere you go, you must wear a facial covering to enter the premises. Like I don't think it was like, oh, you can bring your own. It was like you must bring your own. Well, they they let him do it though. That's they did. the thing. It's like it's not as though they were like, you know, no mask, no entry. Well, they yeah, he's the vice president. And so there are all these pictures with every single other person in the room has a mask on. He is talking and interacting with people who we assume are positive for COVID. That's why they're there. Um, And he's interacting with these people with no mask on. And whenever he was asked why, he said... As vice president of the United States, I'm tested for the coronavirus on a regular basis, and everyone who's around me is tested for the coronavirus. And since I don't have the coronavirus, I thought it'd be a good opportunity for me to be here to be able to speak to these researchers, these incredible healthcare personnel, and look them in the eye and say thank you. Now, Madigan, yes, in your Keegan. experience, in your experience, does a mask go over your eyes? No, Keegan. Thank you. No, it yeah, does not. I, I, how, how would wearing a mask inhibit your ability to look healthcare providers in the eye? <laughs> like, what a fucking he has, weird thing. He, he has eyeballs on his two front teeth that we can't see. What a weird thing to say. And also, that's not how the coronavirus works. Yeah, like, you're well, interacting with someone who's sick. You can still get fucking sick. Yeah, he's like, well, I get tested regularly. Well, I'm sorry. Is that an immunity? Does that stop you from getting sick? Like, I don't understand. I mean, honestly, logic. he can get the coronavirus. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not listen. like, I'm not going to cry about it. Did you see that? Oh my God. Anthony and I, we bring this up just randomly. Um, did you see the, the tweet where, because like so many people in various states, especially red states, um, after Trump said what he said about injecting yourself with disinfectant, yeah. they, they were trying it or like they were calling in to see like, is this something we can do? Right. And somebody tweeted and I don't know who it was. I wish I could give credit. But she was like, if y'all don't shut the fuck up and let these white supremacists drink bleach, I swear to God. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I mean, did, you're not wrong. I know. I did. However, I did comment back to somebody because we posted. I think we posted something that was serious about it yeah it was about the deaths in new york because people were being dumb and of course we had a lot of people being like oh it's natural selection let them die and there was something about that that just really didn't sit well with me because i just felt like one person's ignorance shouldn't be a reason that they die well here's the thing for me i will never wish death on anybody i I don't wish death on anyone even like even Trump, I don't wish death on him. Right. But what I will say is if you are willing to blindly follow this person who has led a campaign of hate and discrimination mm-hmm. for fucking years and you're willing to just blindly follow him as fact, then I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I don't wish death on anyone. I don't wish pain on anybody. Right. But I'm also like, it's the same way I feel about these protesters where I'm just kind of like, look, if you're willing to be out there risking everybody's life, everybody around you, mm-hmm. then whatever comes to you is a consequence of your own fucking actions. I know. I know. It's just there's something there was something for me with especially just calling it natural selection. I don't know. I just I just feel like. The people that are ignorant are the people that are that still have potential to maybe one day not be ignorant. And maybe that's me being ignorant. I just said ignorant 20 times in about 10 seconds. But no, I think that that makes you a really good person. And I, I feel the same way. I always feel like there's room for redemption with people. I always feel that way. Like I just don't want somebody's family to lose somebody because they were being dumb. And maybe it's because I was, you know, hearing my family you know, wanting to have everything reopen and things like that. And that made me really scared. I don't want the people that I love to risk their lives. And I think maybe that's why it kind of struck a chord with me where I was just kind of like, to me, somebody's ignorance and choosing to blindly follow somebody. Yes, that makes you complicit. Like, I'm not saying that, like, there's plenty of information out there for you that's available and you can get real answers and you're choosing not to. That I understand, but I still love you. And with everybody else out there, I know that there's a family member that loves them. And I just, there's something, there's so much death and there's so much sadness right now. It's like, as much as I wish I could tell everybody to stay inside, I just, I don't want it to happen. I don't want people to die because they are foolishly listening to somebody like Donald Trump. And I know it's going to happen and it is happening, but it just doesn't sit right with me at all. I, I absolutely agree with you. I and you I think do. that there is, there is like a, a middle road because we're, we're both very like empathetic people. But yeah. There is something to me that's like, I don't know. People have to learn how to think for themselves and you can't save people from their own ignorance. I know. Like you can't save people. Like I, 
want to and I hope that they do better and I hope that a number of those people and I know that they did a number of those people called to see if it was an okay thing to do before they actually tried doing it which I'm glad that they at <laughs> more least power to, to you you know maybe check with a professional instead of just taking Donald Trump's word for right. it I appreciate that mm-hmm. um but you know it it is what it is. it is I don't know what else to say it is so we got an email um, and she talks a little bit about Japanese internment camps and her experience with being educated on those. But what I really wanted to read, because we haven't talked about it um, in a couple weeks, or at least we didn't talk about it last week, uh, ways that people are surviving and thriving during this time, which I think is a really good thing to point out. Um, and she says, in regards to what I've been doing this quarantine, it's a lot of gardening, walking, coloring, and puzzles. My boyfriend also ordered me a puzzle with our picture on it for our anniversary, so I'm very excited for that to come in. Oh we don't gosh. live together. I know. Anthony bought me one for Christmas a couple years ago. <laughs> you can get them on, like, Walmart or whatever. Well, you can send them a picture, it. and they'll make a puzzle. It's really cute. We don't live together, so I haven't seen him in person in a month and a half. I'm also in college, so I've been doing a lot of homework. I am working towards my women's gender and sexuality studies certificate. Yay! Yeah, you Um, are. She also gave us a new episode idea, which is really cool. She wanted to talk about um, how midwives came to be, which I think is a good idea for us to do in the future. And she recommends a documentary show called Sex Explained, and they have an episode on childbirth. So, uh, yeah, that's awesome. She also asked us if there are any podcasts that we have been listening to because she wants to expand her podcasting uh, listenership during this time. For me, I, you know, always I'm listening to Daily Zeitgeist. I'm listening to Behind the Bastards. But I've actually really been enjoying, there's a podcast called Noble Blood. And it's a history podcast. They're about 30 minutes each. And each episode is about... um, like a historical figure. Mm-hmm. And right now the host is doing a series on King Henry VIII's wives. So he's, she's doing them in order. So have she's you heard done... of the musical six? No, it's about Henry VIII's wives. I love it. You I have love it. Google it. Look it up on YouTube after this. They perform at like the Tonys, I think, or something last year. Or maybe it's just some performance. But watch like the opening number they do. It's so cool. Sorry, I just had to interject really quick. But <laughs> if you're interested in that, then you should listen to Noble Blood. Because I will. the last, um, they just finished up with Anne of Cleves. So there's two more wives left. Okay, I'm going to have uh, to do so that. If that's something you're interested in, um, that would be my podcast recommendation. I'm still listening to other podcasts, but right. that's the one I've been kind of like interested in lately. Right. Um, I have nothing new, I don't think. Um, I've pretty much been listening to only like very positive podcasts. I haven't been listening to a lot of anything like really heavy topics. I have my true crime obsessed that I listen to every week. I'm on their Patreon as well. They are funny. They make me feel better during the day and it's easy to pop in while I'm working and take out because literally the second I sit down, I need something else. I'm going to bleep out his name there. Um, so I've been listening to that and I've been listening to my, my Rosecast recap podcast on listen to your heart from the bachelor and it's horrible. Uh, 
I've been, I don't know, I don't have a lot of alone time right now. So everything that I listen to or watch is kind of like agreed upon with other people. So I'm kind of looking forward to when life starts happening again. I'm going to have a backlog of so many podcasts to listen to that it's going to be awesome. Awesome. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have, is there another email or do we want to save that for next time? Let's do it. All right. So we got another email from Allison. Hi, I live in Ohio and I just want to let you know that you cannot get an abortion after the heartbeat. So typically six weeks due to the heartbeat bill passed by Mike DeWine. Uh, In the podcast, you said 20 weeks. So I actually wrote 20 weeks down from an article so that maybe I misread what state I was talking about. I believe I read it in a... CNN article so I must six weeks is ludicrous I must it's ludicrous yeah oh no it's completely absurd and most people wouldn't even know they're pregnant after six weeks that's crazy well and that's the thing is I I was talking to Max about the episode after we posted it and uh saying how like you know what we were saying and if you miss a period or something and that's normal for you during stress like I miss my period during stress things like that your eating habits are different things happen and you know, there still aren't quite enough safety precautions out there for these online services as great as they are. They're improving as fast as they can. But, you know, it's just another thing that our government is trying to stifle us. You know, it's just another way that they're trying to do that. So thank you for letting us know. It makes us even more angry. Well, if you have anything that you would like to tell us, any information that you would like to relay to us or any stories about how you are surviving and thriving during the quarantine, please feel free to reach out to us. You can message us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. You can also get us on our email at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can uh, find us on Facebook. We have a business and a group page. You can leave us a review on our business page. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We have gotten some new reviews lately and they have been so wonderful. Uh Um, I shared our latest one with Madigan yesterday and we are both just so warmed in our heart we are so um if you would like to leave us a review please feel free to do that you can also find us on um twitter at Mm -hmm. yam podcast y a n f podcast oh my god we switched it this time i know it's throwing me for a loop (laughs) and you can also listen to us on radio public it is a free way for you to listen and it helps us out just a little bit and with all that being said That was so smooth. I'm sorry I totally ruined it, but I just got so excited by how smooth that was. (laughs) With all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. 
You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.